You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1116. Routine and structure are your friends. Most people and entrepreneurs, they want to get out of routine and structure, right? Because they want to make their own rules. The problem is those rules actually make you highly productive, right? So you have to make those own rules so that they will benefit you, right? So part of that may be the marketing and the calling and the follow-up and the offers and stuff like that. But when you're working on your own, it's so easy to drift. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. This is Todd Toback and welcome to the show. So you are going to love today's show. We have Josh Hill on the line and we have a personal trainer, salesperson, turn real estate investor extraordinaire. I don't care what your background is. If you are a car mechanic, if you are selling pizzas, like one of my my last guests, we have a uh, personal trainer salesperson who is going to completely blow your mind today, has been in the business a short time and doing extremely, extremely well. So I don't care where you're at, how much money you're making, what you've done in the past, you're going to learn some stuff today that you can use to explode your wholesale business. So Josh, welcome to the show. Great to be on. Appreciate you having me. So Josh, tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you were wholesaling. Obviously, uh, you're actually doing some stuff concurrently, so you can feel free. But I always like to dig into the, you know, the pain, the moment where someone says, hey, you know what? Like, there's something more, right? I know if you've listened to this podcast, you probably know my moment, right? Let's hear your moment. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I uh, got into real estate in 2016. You know, went to real estate school, took the course, and you know, kind of, kind of drank the Kool Aid and and wanted to be a realtor. You know, and and nothing wrong with being a realtor, but I, I um, you know, I started doing listings and working with buyers and did that for about uh, well, it's been over six years now. But when I got started, I just wanted to to be a realtor and have a lot of clients and kind of started getting into the the flow of things and. After a few years, I just didn't really. I found out that I wasn't very passionate about that, and um, I had an a, a attorney friend who kind of introduced me to uh, to wholesaling, and and basically just told me, "Hey, if you can find some some beat up properties, um, you know, I'll buy them from you." And so I, I started going out and doing that, and did a couple of deals, and, and made some money, and and I realized pretty quickly that um, wholesaling was a lot more up my alley, and, I, and that's what I wanted to do. But uh, yeah, I just kind of got to a point as a realtor, I was just kind of spinning my wheels and, you know, wasn't making the type of money I wanted to make and didn't really have that freedom that, uh, you know, everybody strives for. You know, I just kind of got to a point where I said, you know what, I'm going to do this full time. And the pain kind of got to the point where I just, I wasn't able to, to have the life that I wanted to have as a realtor and always driving around and always showing properties and, you know, dealing with wishy-washy buyers and stuff. So just kind of got to the point where I wanted to, to do wholesale and full time and just kind of took the leap and, you know, still, uh, still working on, Building that up, but that's kind of where I'm at. Now that's interesting because you were selling gym membership. Were you selling gym memberships or personal training? Yeah, so I was sim- uh, both actually. I started off as a manager at uh, just selling memberships, and then I moved into personal training and started selling personal training. But uh, that was uh, that I left the gym. 
uh, industry in 2016. So okay. that kind of got me into the the sales world. All right. Well, I'll tell you this story is interesting because I actually, my degree, if you want to call it that, was uh, in exercise science. And I was actually working at a gym okay. selling memberships. And I remember my dad, I was in Michigan at the time, a year after college. And my dad came to visit me and I was like, oh, dad, you want to show you what I'm doing and looking all around? And I could tell he was like following me around the gym. And I was kind of like, kind of proud about what I was doing, I guess at the time, you know, and he looked at me <laughs> and uh, he says, uh, son, is this what you want to do the rest of your life? <laughs> And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, no. Right. And so <laughs> that was the moment where I just said, Hey, you know, this whole thing I just did in college, that's not for me. So ironically, we share a little bit of a turning point moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of got to the point where it wasn't the effort that I was putting in was just not, you know, really paying off to the level that I wanted. And like you kind of said, I, I didn't really see a future there. You know, I just didn't see myself doing that for, you know, 20, 30 years. And, uh, so, you know, but I knew I loved sales. I knew that I was decent at sales. I didn't have, wasn't a natural born killer or anything, I, I, you know, but I had to really work on that. And, you know, it took me a while as a realtor to, to really understand how to talk to people, how to ask the right questions and, and kind of how to, uh, you know, kind of how to figure out how you can solve someone's problems. So it took me, took me a few years to, to figure that out. And I'm still working on it today. Right. So tell me a little bit about your first deal then. Yeah. So my first deal, man, was in uh, 2019. So I was a realtor doing the realtor thing full time. And um, I had this lady who wanted to, uh, she had a, a really beat up property in a nice area of Charlotte. And um, we were going to list it. Uh, we we're going to list it for 225. And she had a lot of stuff inside. And we were trying to, to figure out how we were going to get all this stuff cleaned up. And, um, you know, I told her that, you know, we could list it as is, but it would be probably sell quicker if we fixed it, you know, cleaned it up a little bit. And months went on, you know, she was kind of dragging her feet and didn't really want to, you know, to, to clean it out. So uh, a friend of mine, that's an attorney kind of mentioned how wholesaling works and kind of said, Hey, if you find a property, you know, is, is off market and, and needs some work, I'd love to buy it from you. And I didn't really understand how it worked, but I knew that he was looking to buy. So um, I got it under contract for one seventy five, And, um, I actually had been trying to get a hold of this lady for a few weeks and wouldn't answer the phone. So I sent her a long text message actually one night asking her basically, hey, we could do 175, make it a quick close. She accepted it. She accepted it. And so I got it under contract 175, sold it for 200 to my uh, my attorney buddy. And um, so he bought it for 200 and made 25 on my first deal. And that was that was what kind of got me hooked. Uh, after that, I was I was all in. There's so many lessons there. There are so many lessons in that small thing because I hear so many wholesalers say, oh, the seller won't do this deal because they need X, Y, Z, right? The sellers say they need X, Y, Z. So what was the seller asking initially? Uh, so she was asking 225 is what she wanted to list it for. And so, um, you know, she, she just kind of didn't really want to deal with it anymore. And it was an inherited property. She didn't want to deal with it. And so, um, I provided the the speed, certainty, and convenience. You know, I just told her, "Hey, we can make this quick. Uh, you know, we'll buy it as is, no repairs." And uh, she just she wanted to do that instead because it was going to be a lot easier on her. And you know, by the time you pay realtor fees and stuff like that, she ended up netting around the same amount. So it was a, it was a win win for both sides. So it was a buck seventy five you paid for it. Yep, and, buck then, you, and then you wholesale up for two hundred. Yep, because you basically yep. paid about fifty grand less than what she said, right? So I see so many wholesalers say, "Oh, well, she says she wants two twenty-five. Uh, I can't pay that. All right, I'm going to move on, right?" But for some reason, you said you couldn't get a hold of her, which I loved, right? And you couldn't get her back on the phone. She ghosted you. By the way, so common. 
Then yeah. you sent the text and basically that kind of got her back on. Is that what I heard, Josh? That's right. Yeah. And I just kind of, it's interesting. I, I, now that I've gone through your course, I've, I've heard you talk about, you know, when someone goes, you just kind of say, Hey, have you changed your mind? Or it sounds like you've kind of moved on or, you know, and I kind of did that instinctively and just say, Hey, it sounds like you don't want to sell. And you know, here's what I could offer. And so she ended up coming back. Oh, I love it. You, you hit her right between the eyes with honesty. You gave her an out, you ran away from the prospect and she chased you. Man, and that That's one right. little thing, right? So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, you send out the marketing and you make the calls and you have the conversation, you find some motivation, the person goes to you and then all of a sudden you give up. You've already done 90% of the work, right? If you just do these little tweaks, right? That all of a sudden put her right back on the rails. You got the deal. You got the check. Got the girl. <laughs> you know, I threw, the, I threw that last part in there as a joke, but. That's amazing, Josh. So tell us now, I, I know that you've done a couple of deals here. You've kept your nine to five. Well, until now, we'll talk a little bit about this. Let's yeah. talk about this last deal because, you know, we share that. I actually waited a couple of years before quitting my job, a couple of years doing deals before I quit my job, which was, was a mistake for me. But it sounds like you've been doing deals on and off for a couple of years. Now you've done this last deal. Tell us what's going on right now, this moment. Yeah, so right now, man, um, you know, I made the decision last week to uh, to quit my job and uh, been working for for in real estate at, for a company called Open Door, uh, working for them for about a year. Great company, but you know, I just kind of decided that uh, you know I'm, I, I just I love wholesaling, I love being an investor, and I, I really want to uh, pursue that path. And so um, you know, I've decided I'm going to do that full time. But uh, the last deal that I got, actually, I kind of had had drifted away from wholesaling for about a year or two. You know, while I was working. For open door, I was just so busy, I didn't have time. And then I, I saw a, uh, a, I'd always been watching podcasts with you and Brent Daniels. I'd been watching that for like two years. And so one day I just, I watched the podcast and, and I said, you know what, man, I'm, I need to go back into wholesale. I need to, I need to really uh, start going hard at this and actually do it. And so um, signed up for TTP, you know, went through the program and learned everything that I needed to learn. Because the, the first couple of deals I did a few years ago, I was just kind of, going off of, uh, you know, just instinct. I didn't really have the training and didn't have the systems and the, the scripts and everything. So this last deal though, uh, I, I just got it uh, assigned two weeks ago. It was uh, a big piece of land. It was uh, 55 acres and um, actually got it from texting. And so during my work schedule um, at Open Door, didn't really have time to make cold calls. So I was actually texting through batch leads. And so I had a, a like 4,000 leads that I had bought and was just going through texting them and just doing follow-up calls with people who were interested. Got a lady who called me one day, said, Hey, I have a property, you know, in, uh, in Kannapolis, it's a house, but I'm not really interested in selling. And I said, no big deal. And I hit her with the, uh, do you have any other properties that you're interested in selling? She said, yeah, I have some land, you know, but you're, it's probably, you know, it's 55 acres. So you're, you probably wouldn't be interested. And so I said, well, you know, I, I might be interested. Tell me a little bit more about it. And so we had a few phone calls and uh, I, I ran the numbers. I, I realized it was a pretty good spread. She was asking um, 9K per acre, uh, which worked out to be around 500,000. I, uh, I knew there was a, an opportunity there. So she actually lived uh, two and a half hours away in the mountains. And so I was, I was really worried about driving up there without getting a commitment. So I followed your steps. I got the verbal commitment. I got the you know, uh, I hit the four pillars, the, the timeline, the motivation, the condition. Well, there's no condition because it was land. Uh, but really just kind of put the screws in it and say, hey, if I come up there, if I can um, you know, make this an easy process, are you willing to move forward? She said, yes. Yeah. So I drove up there, sat down with them for about an hour and a half. 
and uh, and got it locked up. And uh, actually, uh, I got it under contract for four forty five and assigned it for four ninety. And I I could have gotten more. I feel like I kind of left some money on the table with the uh, negotiation, but uh, pretty happy with with how it turned out. And so we're supposed to be closing next month. Um, they had to do some soil testing and survey and stuff like that. But I'm super excited. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm doing this full time, man. I'm like I said, I, I put my two weeks in and just going going full time in this, making calls all day, uh, sending out mail, and and just ready to blow this thing up. Man, that is a really awesome story. First of all, I want to say congratulations. I think when anyone ever makes that jump, there's this fear thing going on, right? Where you're holding on to something that you might not even like, but whatever the familiarity or the safety net, whatever it is, it holds you back until you make that decision. Let's talk about something that I ha- I've actually never talked about this on the podcast. And you used a word which I now am going to steal. It's called the drift. The drift. Okay. It's real. The drift is real because this happened to me. And so you did your first couple of deals and then you drifted. Describe what that is for the first time ever on the podcast, because I'm telling you, I've, I've never talked about this and it's got to be talked about. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, initially when I first made my, my first 25 grand, I was ecstatic. I was so happy. And, you know, it was just going all out, telling all my friends and, you know, it was really just going, going full speed. And, you know, I, I just kind of, uh, I kind of just started getting lackadaisical with like my marketing and, you know, just kind of rested on my laurels for a few months. And, and then that turned into more months and then it turned into a year, then it turned into two years. The next thing you know, I'm just completely out of wholesaling, you know, and I was just back to being a realtor. And, you know, I, uh, I didn't really know how to scale anything. I didn't know how to, uh, well, really, I, I should have just continued doing what I, what I was doing to get to that point. I've heard you talk about uh, in the course about how don't get away from what got you the deal. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I kind of drifted away. Like you said, I, I just, it wasn't that my motivation dropped. It was just that I, I kind of got comfortable and, um, you know, just kind of sucked back into the, to the realtor daily schedule. And the next thing you know, a couple of years had gone by and I hadn't done any more deals. So it kind of woke me up um, with this last one when I got the 45K one that I did a few weeks ago. I just said, you know what? Never again. I'm not doing this again. I'm taking advantage of this and I'm, I'm moving full speed ahead. So yeah. Um, yeah, the drift is real. You know, part of that too is also related to something else I've talked about, which is the income thermostat, right? I don't know if you've, ever, you, you've heard about that where all of a sudden you're making an income and then all of a sudden you make that first check for $25,000. And you're like, oh, okay, right? So what do we do now? We like we have this chunk, and it's made us fat and lazy, right? Whereas it's saying, hey, my natural feeling of when I get an income like this is not to put the gas on, but it's go back to relax, so that if I'm okay making whatever it was, right? But the drift, it it happens where all of a sudden you're like, I was on this path, I had a success, and then I backed away. And so the most important thing that I got from that is routine and structure. Routine and structure are your friends. Most people and entrepreneurs, they want to get out of routine and structure, right? Because they want to make their own rules. The problem is those rules actually make you highly productive, right? So you have to make those own rules so that they will benefit you, right? So part of that may be the marketing and the calling and the follow-up and the offers and stuff like that. But when you're working on your own, it's so easy to drift, right? Away from that. So that is awesome. Two weeks notice, your business next year, my prediction is going to be seven figures. So congratulations. Let's go. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, All right. Let's talk about three do, tips. But, so people are like, oh man, I want to be like Josh. I want to be like Josh. So tell us the three things that 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 you need to do. It doesn't have to be three, but it can be up to three, right? Three things that that people need to do to do their first or next deal or get to the next level. 
Well, not to be too simple, but you know, you just got to talk to people. Got the TTP shirt on. You got to be in front of people. You got to talk to people. That's something I've really always been, you know, real big on. Even when I was a realtor, I, I built my, uh, you know, I wasn't killing it in real estate, but I was selling, you know, four or five million dollars a year in real estate, not making a ton of money, but doing pretty well for a kid in his twenties. And I and I was doing that through cold calling. I didn't have a lot of people. I didn't know a lot of people. So you know, I was just getting on the phone and and uh, on the dialer every day on Mojo. And so I would say, just talk to as many people as you can every day. Just have those conversations, and and like you've talked about before, Todd, just building building those reps up. You know, you can't expect to come out and and be great at something unless you're going to be willing to put in the reps. So I would say, you know, talk to people, talk to as many people as you can every day. You'll get better. Um, and then consistency, like you just said, just having a schedule, um, sticking to that schedule, and, and making sure that your marketing gets out. You know, despite you sometimes, even when you don't necessarily feel like it, you know, get on the phones, do the follow-up calls. Um, and then I, I think this is probably the biggest one that at, um, you know, I'm 31 now. It took me a while to, to really learn this one is the people that you spend time with, you know, whenever you're not working. Um, I think that's a, a huge thing that most people don't, don't understand. They, they work really hard. And then on the weekends, they go and, and maybe hang out with people who are, you know, not doing the same things that they're doing. And I think it's important to associate with yourself with people who are winning on the level that uh, that you want to be winning on. I think that's that's, that's huge. Like I said, I know I'm probably uh, probably not the only person to say this, bro. But you, this this course has literally changed in my life, man. It really has. I mean, just I've probably listened to it like five times. I just I listen to it all day long. I listen to the support calls and just listening to the way that you approach sellers is just completely changed everything. I, I do have a quick question for you, and I don't want to take up much of your time. I know you're busy, man. I know you had mentioned before that you're a big fan of direct mail. I am. I've never. I've never been in the direct mail space, and I've, I've always been, you know, like I said, a cold caller and, and texting. Are you still a big fan of the postcard? I know you talk about that a lot. Do you think the postcard beats the uh, the yellow letter or the handwritten letter? I guess it depends. But what would you say about that? Well, in terms of does the postcard beat a handwritten letter? My recommendation to that would be both. And what I would do is I see so many people, they try to scatter a list and try to hit like a million people. And you're not going to hit the right person at the right time, right? Like that's that's like trying to be like, oh, let me find where the lightning is and try to stand underneath it, right? So you have to find a list and you need to mail that same list consistently. So I use a specific postcard as that first hit and I'll use that multiple times, but we've also mixed in letters on there. And then you want to keep mailing that same people, not because, oh my gosh, they need to see it seven times before they call you. I think that's a bunch of BS. I think it's that if you keep mailing the same people over and over again, who have a problem, you're going to be the one that calls if they're con- if you're constantly in front of them because you don't right. have to worry about the timing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Is that you, you mail a thousand people with a problem and you're hitting them every single month is that all of a sudden at month nine, all of a sudden something happens mentally, they get it in the mail in the ninth month, you know, they're going to call you. Right? Exactly. Because you've been in front of them and just being in front of them at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you this, ready? And this is the, the, the interesting thing is I guess it doesn't matter why it works, but think about this. Let's say that you've mailed someone four times months, one through four, right? And you've hit them four times, but month nine, they have a problem. But then on month nine, somebody else sends a postcard. Who's getting that deal? They are. They are. Okay. Month nine. So stay at it. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Got it. Okay. Got it. That's what I thought, man. Just consistency and, and staying on top of it. So um, I've got a list. Uh, it's not crazy big, but I'm just going to continue to mail it and 
maybe throwing some handwritten letters in there and, and just like you said, just staying on top of them. I think that's the Yeah, my, the my recommendation thing. is find the list, get the largest list that you can stand that has motivation. Okay. Right. So if you've got like a six thousand or eight thousand people in that world, right, or ten thousand or two thousand, whatever that is, right? If it's five hundred, I would take that list and I would divide it. Uh, I would divide it into four pieces, okay, right? or six pieces, depending on how often you're going to mail. But put everybody on a four to six week mailing cycle. That's what I would do between okay. four and six weeks, right? It could be up to eight weeks, okay. by the way. So let me take that back. You can be between four and eight. Ideally, it's kind of six, right? So I like to break it okay. in six. And then what we like to do is week one, we mail list one, week two, we mail list, list two, week three, we email list three, and then you start over at the beginning, okay. right? And so that's, that's the key. And so you'll find when you do that, you don't want to like a huge influx of calls. We just like drip, drip, steady, drip, drip. Yep. A nice steady stream. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. That is, uh, that is super helpful. And, um, like I said, man, I, uh, you need to go up on your price. Like, I feel like I robbed you. That was the, that was the craziest <laughs> thing. Like I've gotten so much value. It's just crazy, man. Like I, I, um, you know, I love TTP and I've, I've learned a lot as far as systems and processes. Um, you know, and Brent has completely changed my mindset and everything, you know, and, and with your script and the way that I'm talking to people now, I'm just so much more confident and, and it's just, it's just completely different from the way that I used to kind of, you know, be like, I wasn't a beggar, but I was always just super worried about what they thought. And, you know, always trying to, to, please, please, please. And now it's just, uh, you know, Hey, no one in the business, no big deal. You know, and I, I just love it, man. I love everything about the, uh, the entire system. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Josh. By the way, if you want to reach out and you want to be in a community of real estate investors, I spent a lot of time in the wholesaling and Facebook group and you can catch up with me there. So Josh, congratulations. Can't wait to see our success. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.